0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good morning, everybody, as we get ready here for day three of the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, I did my you know personal preview of day two here, um, got the positions right, a safety being drafted, a linebacker being drafted, a defensive tackle being drafted, uh, nailed the Grant Delpit pick. So far in fold. You found your solution for the left tackle position in Jedrick Wills Jr. Like we said yesterday, obviously a little bit of concern. He's going to go from the right side to the left side. Um, But you talk to the major folks in this draft coverage business, and they don't feel like it's going to be that big of an issue. Obviously, he's had a relationship a little bit with Joe Thomas. That's going to continue to grow here in what capacity it can while we're currently in the pandemic that we're in here. Um, But you have Jedrick Wills in the fold. With pick 41, you make a minor Trade down with the Indianapolis Colts, allowing them to get the running back they want. You only fall back to 44. You're able to acquire pick 160, which gives you a little bit of a bridge from that 115 to 187. Had you completely out of the fifth round. You are now back in in the fifth round. So the Browns will hold a selection today in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round. Um, And you're still able to get a player. The talent level of Grant Delpit. Look, the tackling, I understand. I get it. I get it. But you're talking about a kid who was six foot two and change, 215 pounds, runs in the four fours. Coverage is what you're bringing him in here for, as an I.O. and on the roof free safety. Um, you know, playing 10, 12 yards off the line of scrimmage, he can come forward, he can blitz. You have a nice safety group here with Sandejo. also with um, uh, Joseph. Now into the fold here, you've got three safeties. You're going to play a ton ton of secondary players in this Joe Wood scheme. It's going to feature ferocious pass rush. It's going to feature hopefully glue-on-glue coverage here from secondary guys. This is what you are looking for here. You trade down again in the third round, 74 to 88. You pick up a future third round selection for 2021 putting the Browns current draft allocution for 2021 at 10 picks here you were able to assist your 20 draft you were able to assist your 2021 draft which the Browns had secretly mentioned that they wanted to be able to help not only this draft the next draft and be ready to go with ammunition and like Pete Smith said it puts you in a situation where if things do go really well here it gives you extra draft picks so when one of these solid veterans that one of these team grows tired with you know a month or so before the draft it puts you in a position to pounce and get one of these guys you drop back to 88 you select Jordan Elliott the defensive tackle Texas kid, started at Texas uh you know then transferred out to Missouri after obviously you know sitting down a transfer year um when you look at a box score. Jordan Elliott is a player similar to that of Olivier Vernon. He grades out well. He does his assignment. Sometimes the box score doesn't always blow up in his favor, but he is a good pass rusher. He is good, uh, you know, in the run game. Holds his ground well. So makes makes a lot of plays in the backfield. What you're going to look forward to here with Elliott is he's going to come in as a rotational guy here. You have Larry Ogunjobi. You have Sheldon Richardson. You signed Andrew Billings here. Technically, you can walk away from any one of those three defensive tackles for 2021. So obviously you're not going to want to rebuild an entire defensive tackle room in one off season. Jordan Elliott's going to get a chance to shine here. It allow, you know, get some reps here, get some reps, most likely probably in nickel and dime. Billings is not going to be a part of that. Larry obviously will. Sheldon can rotate. So you can use him inside, outside, which is the flexibility of having a player of Sheldon Richardson. Still have Olivier Vernon, at least in the fold, for now. But Jordan Elliott, a solid selection at 88, a defensive tackle that can do whatever's asked of him. And you're going to get an opportunity to see here in 2020 if he is enough to be handed a starting position for 2021 to make the transition easier. Or just keep the group in fold. You know, like I said, Billings on one year, Larry on the last year of his, and Sheldon's contract, essentially the way it was written, was a two-year deal. Now, pick 97. Now, this is one where people you know, are having some issues. I understand. And I get it, guys. You know, Cleveland Browns, Ohio State, the biggest football school near you guys. Um, yes, they took Jacob Phillips, and they took him over Malik Harrison. I understand. Um, bitter pill for you to swallow. I, I could have gone either way on this. Uh, I don't really have a problem with Malik Harrison. Um, and it's not an Ohio State bias, guys. I did pick Davion Hamilton be the defensive tackle they selected last evening. Obviously, they took Jordan Elliott. Hamilton, congratulations to him. Did go in the first three rounds. So, obviously, bravo. Congratulations to him. Jacob Phillips, when you look over the entire 2018 season, and this is where things got misconstrued for me, Patrick Queen got hot towards the playoffs. Later in the season, um, if you want to go watch the first couple of LSU games from 2019, uh, try and find Patrick Queen. You're not going to find him. He wasn't starting. wasn't playing a lot. Guess who was Jacob Phillips, week in, week out, consistent performer. Uh, you know, almost 90 tackles on the season. Obviously, Queen started to get the buzz for the plays through the SEC championship and you know during the you know college football playoff run, you know where LSU kind of just dismantled and destroyed everything that was in front of them. But make no mistake if you're gonna go over consistency and you're gonna go over longevity of career while they were in Baton Rouge, Jacob Phillips was the better player, was the more consistent player. Um, if that's not something you're okay with, I, I understand. Jacob Phillips, for me, has been the guy from LSU I wanted, especially saying I'm getting him at 97 as opposed to getting Patrick Queen who had some in you know incompletions to his draft resume, so to speak, as far as production and you know time played. I like the return of Jacob Phillips at 97 more than I would have liked a Patrick Queen in late on late late in round one here. We're going to get to some talk here of offensive guys available on day three, some talk of some defensive guys available here on day three as we continue to roll on through here your day three preview of the 2020 NFL Draft from Lockdown Browns with your host, Jeff Lloyd. If you were not subscribed on iTunes to Lockdown Browns, now's a great time to take care of that. If you were not following Lockdown Browns on Spotify, also nice time to go ahead and correct that. Five-star ratings, written reviews here. Guys, something that just helps the show grow here. Um, Been a fun couple of days where we can escape the monotony of the world, get back to what all us sports fans love. Um, Not sure what we're going to have in the coming weeks for us sports fans, but at least we get a little something here, a little taste to keep us sane, so to speak. Make sure you're following uh, on Spotify, Locked on Browns. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Browns on iTunes. Leave those five-star ratings and written reviews Appreciate it so, so much. As we can see, to roll on through here. Um, excited here for day three. Uh, obviously, day three, and, you know, we had Jeff Risen on the other day talking about, you know, the importance of day three, when you are going to, you know, build out, you know the. the back end of your roster and you know this is where you make or break a draft here Um, obviously the Browns have done a really good job through three rounds here getting players that they need at positions they need and getting some players with some quality resumes also some players where the age is of no concern here. So great job here. We'll see how they close out on day three. Scheduled now for pick 115, pick 160, 187. Do they make a move to get themselves a little bit more meat on the bone here, so to speak? Who knows? We'll see. Um, We're not going to look at the quarterback position. Obviously, we feel the Browns are really well established in that regards for Kareem Hunt here essentially only on a one-year deal this franchise has no ties to Ernest Johnson this friend this uh, front office has no ties to Dontrell Hilliard are they looking at a possible running back if they are here's some names you uh, know Benjamin out of Arizona State um, does a little bit of both uh, he's probably more like Kareem Hunt than he is more like Nick Chubb be interesting if, they, if there was a way to go if they chose to address it you guys know I've talked about Anthony McFarland from Maryland a ton I think you want you want a breakout running back. You want a breakaway running back. Nick Chubb comes off the field, you want to have to deal with a guy who maybe even be a little bit faster. So for me, a guy like Anthony McFarland certainly, certainly fits that bill. Uh, One more name that I do like, just runs kind of violent, kind of nasty, a little bit of a late bloomer. Jermichael Hasty, running back out of Baylor, showed well at the senior bowl, runs ferocious, not the fastest running back in the game. Um, Nick Chubb, light, light, light type of player. Not going to put him in that category, but if you're looking for a running back, there's a guy you would look to address today. We go to the wide receiver position. And this if this is something you're going to want to address at 115, I'm not saying they don't. Woke up to a day today for a text. Donovan People-Jones is somebody the Browns really like. He's got return skills. Um, you're not going to... It, you know, put too much on his plate by burdening him to be a starting wide receiver in 2020. He can come in, find his way with maybe 20 to 25 reps a game, you know, can work with a Jarvis Landry, can work with an Odell Beckham Jr. Um, the Michigan years were tough. Uh, you know, when they got him, it was part of the stud star studded recruiting class. Jim Harbaugh was putting together. The only thing Jim Harbaugh did wrong was he never got the quarterback to go with the players everywhere else. And it showed on the field and it showed in the development of some of their skilled players up in Ann Arbor, uh, from my, uh, for my Ohio State fans, obviously K.J. Hill. Um, for me, maybe not K.J. Hill. I, If I'm going to go one of these Ohio State wide receivers, I think I like Benjamin Victor a little bit better. I like the body control. Brings one size, one one asset to this wide receiver room that Nor Odell has, Nor Jarvis does, and that's a little bit more size to him, a little more bulk, a little more length in the arms. Benjamin Victor would be a guy guy I would certainly certainly be interesting I don't think it would be 115 it would probably be 160 187 I've spent a ton of time this year speaking on Tyler Johnson great route runner um always not fast enough and then you see the ball game he's dusting dusting players from Auburn one of whom just went round one to the Miami Dolphins so let's not question Tyler Johnson's game as far as the speed aspect maybe there is something off the field here that's Tyler Johnson has just not gotten the respect that I feel he deserves in this draft process. But Minnesota Golden Gopher, Tyler Johnson, fantastic player. John Hightower out of Boise State, interesting name, great player, good athlete, good production. Uh, James Proach from SMU, if you're looking for a pure slot guy, a little, just a pain in the butt. Chains route runner, and what I mean by that, if it's third and eight, he's going to run that route to nine yards. He's going to move those sticks, catches everything thrown to him. Not the greatest athlete, James Proch, SMU. Really, really interesting player. Oregon State, Isaiah Hodgins, great player, great production. Another guy that's getting kind of lost in this really, really deep wide receiver class. He's certainly someone else to be looking out for today as well. A lot of talk about whether or not the Browns are going to take a tight end. I have often felt that this class did not fit what the Browns necessarily needed or are looking for at the tight end position as far as the roster was construed. You went and you got that big blocker-pass-receiver-combo guy in Austin Hooper. The reason they spent that capital is because no tight end in this class essentially fits that bill. That is why you went the Hooper route. They've decided to keep Farrell Brown, which I talked about some here in the offseason. Farrell Brown may be more integral, to this Browns office in 2020 then people think. Farrell Brown brings that calling card of a pretty damn good blocker. And you need somebody, if God forbid something were to happen to Austin Hooper who's going to be able to block somewhat like Austin Hooper does. Farrell Brown brings that. As far as that move tight end, that second tight end, David Njoku going into his fourth year, uh obviously last year, a bit of a lost season, uh, you know, at his age, you know, due to you know the broken uh, the broken wrist early week two against the Jets then came back, <clears throat> maybe he wasn't ready, <clears throat> maybe he was in the doghouse, but David Njoku should excel here, where on most times where David Njoku's on the field, he's going to be your fifth option. A guy that athletic, that much of a freak of an athlete being your fifth option in a passing game is downright scary. Steven Carlson, where he lands with this new regime, but there are people who in that building who grew some faith. In Stephen Carlson last year, as he started, as the reps started to mount up, as the season went on here, he obviously also can play that role. David Njoku will play as well as that second move tight end. Could be a ch- good chance here for Carlson. Looking at the tight end position, Harrison Bryant they've met with, um, Albert O from Missouri. I just don't see the fit. He would play that that uh, other side here. If you're looking a Hunter Bryant from Washington, another one is going to be a little bit undersized. Play that tight end number two, but a guy that they do have an interest in. If you're looking for a developmental prospect here, and this could maybe be your pick at 160, your pick at 187, and I've talked about this guy a ton, Stephen Sullivan, tight end from LSU, fits the charts as far as size, fits the charts as far as athleticism, kind of played like a big slot role at times for LSU. You want to give him a year to see where he develops with his hand in the dirt. As a blocker, this is a guy I'm willing to invest in. The athleticism is there. Uh, again, seems like with all of these kids in the 2020 NFL draft. Great story, great kid, has overcome a ton of adversity to get himself in the position he's at here now. So you look at a guy like Steven Sullivan, he's a guy I would be willing at 160, 187 to put some, but you know, take in as an asset, give him some time to get more comfortable in the position, see where we're at shortly after that. If you want to double up on an offensive tackle here. Things are interesting. Uh, Prince Tega 1-0 is still available. Um, I mean, We talked about it. It was a terrible, terrible draft stretch for Prince. Got down to the Senior Bowl, diagnosed with an injury, not wasn't able to do any kind of working out. The tape, you love. Uh, the kid's got an infectious personality. Um, for him, being ranked you know, uh, you know, in the top 50, top 70 for some people, to still be available in the hundreds here, it's... It's a tough pill to swallow for Prince, but some team may just find a starting offensive tackle on day three here in Prince. Uh, ben Barch, obviously uh, you know, kid out of St. John's, a Division three kid, turned heads at the Senior Bowl. question is, is he going to be big enough, strong enough, athletic enough to stay on the outside? We're not sure of that. I've talked about Jack Driscoll from Auburn, a player I love. I think he's pretty much finished, ready to go. I think he can end up being a starting tackle on the right side in the NFL here. One last one here, you know, Sadiq Charles out of LSU. Certainly a project player, so similar to his teammate Stephen Sullivan. If this is a guy you want to nab at 160, 187, you give Bill Callahan an opportunity or a calendar year to work with this kid. You know, consistency, you know, football being the main thing in his life are things Sadiq Charles needs to work on. But the ability could be there as long as the mind and the effort go along with it. With a guy like Bill Callahan, you could be talking about a guy here who could develop and possibly in... To a starter or a contingent, uh, you know, a, 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 can t- compete as a starter, and maybe it could be even right guard in 2021 if Wyatt Teller or Drew Forbes doesn't seize that job for themselves here. But if you wanted to go offensive tackle, that's a guy you could go with there. If you're looking for a guard, it, it was never really a great, great class. But uh, Natani uh, Mutai from Fresno State certainly an interesting name. Logan Stern. Uh, Sternberg from Kentucky, John Simpson from Clemson. These are guys that could come in and compete for that right guard spot from day one. Now, I've been told that Wyatt Teller, Bill Callahan had a great relationship. Bill Callahan loved Wyatt Teller during his draft process. Bill Callahan is good with Wyatt Teller as his right guard. Does that stick? Does it not stick? I'm not too sure, but we're going to find out here a little later on day three just how much faith they have in the Wyatt Teller-Drew Forbes combination we're going to switch it up we'll go to the defensive side of the ball here get some names to look for on that side of the ball here ahead of day three of the 2020 nfl draft all businesses are suffering right now obviously the smaller businesses the family businesses those are the ones suffering the most here one of my favorite apparel companies in the ohio area put out cleveland gear whether it's baseball football you know, or just anything. Ohio Zabo Apparel. Brian Zabo and his family. You know, Brian, a veteran, has two kids actively serving in our armed forces. I've developed a great relationship with Brian over the last year or so, and it, it hurts to see you know all families suffering right now. It, it, it hurts to see a guy like Brian, who works so hard and so passionately at what he does, suffering the way he is. You want gear? You use the uh, promo code free ship. Go to zaboapparel.com. S-Z-A-B-O. Go ahead, place an order, get it shipped for free on Twitter, on Instagram, at ZaboApparel.com. You want gear, Brian and the team over at Zabo Apparel are the guys you go to. Like I said, now we're going to go to the defensive side of the ball here. We're going to see what is left, what is available as far as what can make a difference for these Cleveland Browns. Uh, we like the pick of Jordan Elliott, Jordan Elliott James Lynch. Uh, James Lynch, kind of like Sheldon Richardson, not as good on the outside, but James Lynch can line up inside and outside. Um little interesting, he has not gone to this point here. Still keep an eye out for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you know, Obviously, great relationship between James Lynch and Matt Rule, who was able to convince him to come to Waco for, uh, to play for a program at the time. that was very Very, very bad. If you're looking for that run stuffing, a guy that's going to hold up against blocking, Darian Daniels from Nebraska, big kid, strong kid, doesn't get moved quite often. Larell Murchison from North Carolina State is a guy that I've liked to just process. North Carolina State over the years has continued to put out talent year in, year out. One of the more underrated positions as far as a school that churn churn out talent, North Carolina State will give you into your defensive line play. And, hey, why not? Eh, got to mention Rashard Lawrence, Rashard Lawrence uh, LSU. Uh certainly a possibility. Um, they've already, you know, put the uh, pen into that ink, so to speak, here. So got to mention Rashard Lawrence from LSU. The Eds position. Curtis Weaver, uh, Boise State uh, player we've talked about a ton. I, I, I like the talent. I thought he could have been a possibility last night. I certainly thought it'd be a possibility for somebody last night. The fact that Cur- Curtis Weaver's available here in the hundreds. A little bit of a head scratcher to me. Um, Bradley and I from Utah, straight pass rusher. I think he's somebody that really only playing in the nickel and dimes. The you know east-west agility is not the best thing in the world for him, and it leads to issues against the run, so probably more of a nickel-dime pass rusher. I still am a fan of Alton Robinson from Syracuse. Size, get off that first step. You can bend Alton Robinson, Syracuse, would be an interesting name to add here as a pass rusher, a position that they have not addressed to this point. Travis Gibson, Tulsa, another player. We've talked about him a lot. I I like what he can do in this type of situation here. So if you're able to get one of these guys here as a pass rusher, I'd be happy. And then there is Derek Tuska, uh, edge player from North Dakota State, uh, tested off the charts. You want to spend 160, 187 on an athlete like that and give it a little time, see how it develops, I'm all in. Are they done at the linebacker position? I'm not sure if they're done at the linebacker position or not. But some names you could see today. I'm um, Still an Evan Weaver, guy, Evan Weaver guy out of Cal. Tested much better than we thought he was going to. The production and the tape through the stinking roof. Again, a guy who's a little bit older. That may not exactly mess with what they do. Mikel Walker uh, from Fresno State. I know that's a guy that they've had interest in. They've had some communications with. So wouldn't be at all surprised to possibly see you know connection there um akeem davis gaither now this is a guy that has not been taken yet um a little bit undersized the athleticism is there at appalachian state each year appalachian state kind of beefs up the schedule a little bit more year in year out and he gets you get to see them playing top top talent akeem davis gaither chasing backs around athletic enough fast enough um probably got hurt through this process of injury as well, but he's certainly a guy I'm looking forward to. Carter Coughlin, Pete's guy here, listed as an outside linebacker, probably a tad bit more of an undersized edge, and I don't have a problem with that, and this was the talks on Zach Bond. For me, Zach Bond was an undersized edge. Uh, it's really hard to ask a 24-year-old player to become something different and become a true linebacker. Uh, Carter Coughlin, as an undersized edge, I will take him as that. Simple enough. You know, whether it's round five, whether it's round six, you're adding one more pass rusher to this mix. Carter Coughlin, certainly okay with that pick here. The cornerback position. You still want to hopefully get some sort of nickel. Uh, For me, ideally, and you guys should know this, Meek Robinson out of Louisiana Tech. And if you're looking for a reason, did start his career at LSU. Uh, Darnay Holmes out of UCLA. That's what he did at UCLA. He played nickelback. He played it very well. Uh, Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. Certainly a solid, solid player and a player you would have zero issue getting in this instant here. So, you know, he is available as well. Uh, Ladarius Swede from La, you know Louisiana Tech, Reggie Robinson from Tulsa. These are all guys that could fit that possibility of your nickel corner for the 2020 NFL Browns. Uh, safety, are you going to go again? You signed two safeties, you drafted a safety, you have a second year safety on the roster. You could. You could look into it. You have Kenny Robinson, the former West Virginia Mountaineer, obviously the young man who spent the season, you know, playing in the XFL and actually showed really, really well while there. Kayvon Wallace out of Clemson, extremely athletic defensive back. He could probably play some nickel cornerback for you, can play safety, really good player. Obviously, the career at Clemson, he's played. Anybody and everybody over that tremendous run the Clemson Tiger program had over the last four years. Solid player for them for years. And like I said, he's coming in as a hybrid. He can pretty much do anything you want. Uh, I'm still a fan of Antoine Brooks Jr., seek and destroy type of guy play him closer to the line of scrimmage to take away from the fact that he is not the greatest athlete athlete but yes seek and destroy hits people makes plays Antoine Brooks fun fun player for my Ohio State fans I've always liked Jordan Fuller's game again another guy maybe you could play closer to the line of scrimmage but smart player he's played a lot of big time football games over the years Jordan Fuller I'm a fan um last one here Javelin Guidry um not, maybe in my opinion, not a safety. He might be one of the guy you can maybe groom to maybe try to see if he can become that nickel guy, ultra, ultra fast. Um, really, really athletic, interesting player as far as you know what you can do with him. I don't think he's a safety. I think he's more of a cornerback, but somebody you can take in that capacity. Uh, I'm going to say the Browns have three selections here on day three. And this is the way it is for now. If it changes, I don't need the ha ha ha. I told you so, told you so, told you so. My dream scenario for day three of the 2020 NFL Draft. Pick 115, cornerback, Louisiana Tech, Amik Robinson. That'll take us to 160. My dream scenario, wide receiver, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. Now, the question would be, is what are they going to do with this last pick? Do you go... Developmental offensive line, do you go developmental tight end? I'm going to say Steven Sullivan. Tight end, LSU. So that will give you for our dream scenario from your boy Jeff here. Picks at the cornerback position, the wide receiver position, and the tight end position for day three. Getting a little offense here, finishing out a whole lot of defense. Maybe we're not going to have the success we did last night, or I predicted Grant Delpit predicted a defensive tackle, and a linebacker. Maybe we won't hit on that tonight here. But enjoy day three, everybody. One, for me, I love this day as much as I love round one, as much as I love round two. It's filling out the roster. And now you start to get these kids coming into the league, certainly with a chip on their shoulder here. So hats off to Andrew Barry, Paul D. Podesta, Kevin Stefanski, and the staff for what they've done to this point here. Let's keep it up with a really, really strong day three and just put together what has been a really nice offseason for a rookie GM, rookie head coach. Again, iTunes, make sure you're make sure you subscribed, drop a rating, drop a review. Following on Spotify, ratings review over there as well, guys. Appreciate everybody for following along here. As soon as this wraps up tonight, final pick is called. We're going to get right back in here. We'll take you through day three. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.